What up, everybody? It's your girl, Stacey St. John. I'm here today with the one, the only, Homes by Jamie J. Not only are we here with Jamie J today, but this is the first lady I have ever had on my podcast. I have so much I want to talk about that. I want to introduce you. I want you to say hello. But before we do that, I have to shamelessly plug myself. I have to remind everybody that if you have a house that's on fire right now, actively burning, cats are peeing in it, filled with fleas to the brim, I want to buy it. Give me a call, 516-526-0881. And do not forget that if you need a podcast studio, you need a place to get your picture taken, you hit up Rob Martin at directlivestreams.com. Everybody, listen. I want you to say hello to Jamie J. Jamie, give a hello to everybody. I don't even know where to start. That was such an awesome welcome. <laughs> Definitely not the first lady, not to be confused with the White House, but ah! I am so, so honored to be here. I was really grateful that you asked me to come today. There's no place else I'd rather be. So thank you for having me. And um, we do both share the love for distressed properties. We do. And I think that the world doesn't know how many tattoos we have put together. No. It's <laughs> be best kept secret. Best kept secret. Although, so, <laughs> so today we're going to get to know you. We're going to get to talk to, like, the crowd who, like, a lot of... Females in real estate, I think, feel held back just by, like, being a woman. You are, like, the opposite of all of that. Like, there is just fierceness popping out of your Instagram. So we're going to get to know you a little bit today. All right. I really appreciate that also because I did not really have a social media presence BQ, like before quarantine. <laughs> BQ! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I coined that phrase along with mask hole. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't have an Instagram account. I had one based on necessity. I think something I had brought my older daughter to, they required it for one of their competitions. She did okay. a beauty pageant. And in the oh. hotel, they had certain things that you needed to post. So I was, like, forced into creating an Instagram account but never used it. And then when I was locked down in my house, like many of us were, I started taking webinars and like classes to learn how to use Instagram. Oh. In which my daughter chronically made fun of me for a year. But after that, I just kind of found a way to organically grow it. And we did a couple of contests and the, the normal stuff that you see everybody doing. And I get those requests all the time, like asking if I want to buy followers. But there's something mm. about it. It doesn't feel very challenging, so I won't do it. I mean, I've heard of some realtors buying followers and likes, um, and a lot of people like what it looks like to a homeowner. Like they'll go, like, see, look at how many people are you're gonna are gonna see your home. But like, I don't like it. I'm not into it. There's a competitive nature about me, so that was the draw to it. Mm -hmm. Building the the presence online and having a Zillow account and all of that stuff. I when I first started real estate, I mean, it's hard to count, but. I think I've been around for around 18 years. Wow. So one of my first jobs was an administrative assistant in a real estate office. Okay. And I mean, when I tell you assistant, I did everything from taking out the trash, coming after cheerleading practice, another well-kept secret. Mm -hmm. I would come to the office when everybody was home for the day and the agents would leave notes for me and stuff that they wanted me to do. Okay. And then I also did weekend reception for like three or four brokerages on Long Island. And um, I just found a love for it. And I liked everything it represented. I liked the way people looked in the office. I appreciated their shoes. It was just something about the image of it 
that sure. I really, really enjoyed from a young, young age. And it only made sense to, to, to get there. But my timeline was a little funny because in the interim, I had my first child really young. Okay. And I was scared to work on commission. Sure. So I worked for attorneys. I was a litigation paralegal in my former life. Me too. You were? Yes. I feel like we're soul sisters. I know. I do feel like we know each other very well for some reason. I'm, I'm like enjoying listening to this. Tell me more. <laughs> the more, more. Okay, so I'll give you more. The It's like, tell me more, yeah. tell me more. <laughs> so the litigation work that I ended up in, the field, it was mostly the arena of bankruptcy, short sale, mm. loan modification, and foreclosure defense. No wonder you like distressed properties. It's like in your blood now. Exactly. Once that stuff has been ingrained in you and you're trained in that area, it's a very specialized area that most people shy away from. Sure. It comes with a line of questioning and a lot of gray area, whereas we can't give legal advice. However, we can advise people based on other cases we've seen. Sure. And as we all know, it's a misdemeanor to give legal advice if you're not an attorney. Sure. So it just comes with a whole nother skill set that um, people can appreciate and without judging them or having them feel bad about their, their hardship or their situation, sure. it, it just gives you like a common denominator with people. You know, it's kind of to segue away from like, you know, where the conversation started, you just said something like really interesting because it's a very difficult conversation to have with someone when you're saying like, hey, I know you're in foreclosure, sell me your house. Like, like today, one of our cold callers was on the phone and the guy really gave her a hard time. Like, you must have old information. My house is all resolved. I'm gonna be living here until I'm dead. All of this stuff that he said, but it's like you go online and it clearly says, you know, case not settled. And you feel bad because you don't want these people to feel like you're threatening them, like you're calling to be like, you don't pay your mortgage. Like you, you wanna call with some sort of a solution. Exactly. Yeah, and be helpful. How old were you when you first got your license? 18. You were 18 years old. And were you selling retail or did you like, did you kind of already have a feel for like distress? No, I really didn't get my, my claws wet <laughs> until I started working as a litigation paralegal. Okay. And with that said, I learned from probably one of the best attorneys on Long Island. And as I watched him over the years, his strategy was very interesting. What he would do is pick up a client that was a bankruptcy, and a person who's in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy generally would try to resolve that issue first. But as with the the fact that they're not paying their regular monthly bills, it most of the time included the mortgage. And at that point, we would ask the trustee if they could apply for a loan modification. So a client would sign a retainer for bankruptcy, then they would end up doing a loan mod, which would come to my desk. I handled all of those. And at that point, once everything was kind of set straight and they could start on a clean slate, if they failed with that plan, whether it be a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13, they would end up coming back maybe a year, maybe 18 months later after all of that, and then sign up for a short sale. Sure. So it was kind of one of those things that I didn't realize what I was watching and learning until later, looking back, like hindsight was twenty twenty, And I realized not only was he a very, very intelligent businessman, but I was making him a lot of money. 
a lot. Like way more than you probably even realize today, even after all this experience, like we probably don't know how much money he made. No. And and the the funny part of it was that I was doing all the work and he would get all the accolades and he would go to court and prep the file and bring everything I had been working on for months and months. And I kind of felt like I would get some kind of prestige or whatever it was from the title and from working alongside these really, really smart men. I thought that I would gain something from it. And the only thing that ever made me feel good was helping the client. I really enjoyed presenting to them the solution, like you said before. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I've got great news. You're approved for a loan modification. Here's your three trial payments. I understand you haven't paid your mortgage for three years, but now this house can be reconciled. Like, this is your solution. And then they would be so thrilled. Sure. And then the heartbreak would be two years later when it ended up that they came back for a short sale. I would list the house. And it just, you know, it kind of... It was it was like a snowball effect. Yeah, that's where your boss really made the money, though. All of it, right. Yeah. And then those leads, you know, it was like you would think someone handing you leads like that, you would be making money on the real estate side, but that's not the way it works. There's no 70, 80, 90% commission split. Those were his clients and his leads, and, and that's the way it went down. You probably got like a flat on each one or something like that or something similar. Like I used to get a flat on all like the the foreclosures that didn't get resolved and wind up going to shorts, they would be like, oh, here's 1200 bucks, go home. Like, Since we're being so candid, I think looking back, I ended up resigning and taking a leave of absence in which I never came back from when my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. So at that point, I actually handed all of the files and all of the keys to the short sales back to the office turned around, walked out the door, and never came back, and those became his listings and his properties. I think I actually closed one deal from all wow. of that. Mm-hmm. You probably learned a lot, though. You probably use a lot of all the stuff that you learned at that job as a whole, monetary or not, you probably use a lot of the data now. What I learned from that is priceless. It's yeah. indispensable knowledge, and there is nothing no other way that i would have wanted things to play out as far as the plan is concerned and i honestly never questioned it there was some disappointment attached to it but i never really questioned it so something super interesting that like i you and i seem to have in common here is that like we had a job in the past that has a huge impact on present day but like we super took for granted at time you know i always talk about how i was a bill collector I hated it when I was doing it. I complained the whole eight-hour day, walking in, walking out. I talked crap about it the whole evening. I took it home with me every day. And even when I quit, I had a celebration for putting down the bill collections phone. And in retrospect, I totally wouldn't even have the business I have now if I didn't do that for 15 years and get the crap beat out of me on the phone all day long. I... I feel like a fool that I like overlooked the gift that I was given by having an employed education, sort of like, you know, I got paid to sit there and learn. Well, you didn't overlook it. I think that now you see the gratitude in it and it's all about seeing the message in the mess and whether you appreciated it at the time or it took a little while. It's it's almost like when you raise children, right? Yeah, you don't know if you're doing a good job. And what I did to my parents, and I'm sure you gave your parents hell if you're anything like me, at that point in time, they were probably like, man, you don't appreciate anything. Yeah, all the time. Wait till you have kids. And I think about it all the time. Like, my father's not with me anymore either. 
and I could hear him like saying like, wait till you have a daughter. Like I don't have a daughter, I have sons, but I still hear him in my head like I must have been terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I must have been really bad. But you said something else that kind of like, you know, it's very relevant that you're the first woman on the show. I, 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 I'm like kind of like fanned out by you because I like how, you know, physically you're a small girl. And for me, that's always like a self-conscious thing about myself. Like I feel sometimes I walk into a room and homeowners or more powerful men or whatever will be like, who is this little thing? Like, who is this little girl? She's probably someone's secretary. She's probably the assistant of someone, you know, whatever. And I, I feel like I encounter it a lot. Um, and when you were talking about, you know, your prior experiences, you said I've worked for a lot of wealthy or powerful men. Do you think that you've had anyone that in your career life, like not personally, like female wise that you've been able to look up to? Absolutely. I know that I said that because it is a very male dominated field. Mm-hmm. However, the agent that I initially worked for that took me under her wing yeah. was my aunt. Really? Yes. And that was on my mom's side. She's also my godmother. Shout out to Peggy. Hey, Peggy. And um, my dad's sister, Wendy, another mm-hmm. shout out to Florida. She sold half of Williams Island. So it's what? it's on both sides of my family. And I very, very much looked up to both of them because, as you said, they were these little women who held their own. And now today... My aunt still is a, a busy realtor, but she's in retirement. But when that phone rings, she works. God bless. And That's why you're like that. As for my other aunt, who's here on Long Island, she now sells boats. Wow. So you you have powerful women in your blood. That's right. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my mom worked like, she was one of these like 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m., 9 p.m. workers. Like she went to the city and she managed production for garments. Like she worked in the garment district. And my dad sold fabric. Oh, wow. And they were. Oh, wow. We got another thing in common, but I'll let you finish. Wait, did he, was he in the garment district? My aunt that um, sells real estate in Florida, her husband owned a men's clothing store in Brooklyn. No. Did you ever hear the term garmento? Like he's a garmento? Oh I have. Oh my God, that's so crazy. Yeah, so my my uncle and my other uncle and my dad and all, all of the family members had worked for, his name was Stanley and he's also in heaven, Uncle Stanley's clothing store. So that was another thing. They sold like men's leather Italian loafers, but this was way back in the day. You couldn't get this stuff on Amazon. It was right. really cool stuff that was imported. Sure. You know, that's very interesting. Do you think that, like, you know, so you had, like, you know, shoe salesmen and all sorts of stuff that, like, had obvious, you know, capability. Do you think that, like, sales skills, now that you're in real estate, kind of translates, like, across different industries and it's, like, all kind of the same skills? It doesn't matter what you're selling as long as you know your product, which brings me to the next thing. I I think I asked you because I was trying to figure out our connection because we first met – I don't know if I can name drop here, but yeah. you seem pretty loose. So Kevin Iglesias yeah. has his Real Estate and Chill podcast. Shout out to the kids. <laughs> Kevin. And yeah, that was great. Great experience. They had an awesome party, a little fiesta for all of us to come and kind of meet each other because we didn't know one another, but that we were all on different episodes. Sure. And you want to know what? If you guys want to see what she's talking about, you have to go to YouTube, go to the Real Estate and Chill podcast, check out episode 10. So when I went to Kevin's podcast, I had met you and 
I kind of felt a connection, mm-hmm. but it was a little overwhelming. There were a lot of people we didn't get a and chance to talk. it was so loud with those fucking confetti poppers. <laughs> I felt like I definitely was going to lose my hearing. Wait, when really, not to take you off track, but when they came here, they were like, we were going to bring confetti, but we decided not to. And Rob Martin so politely was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thanks, but no thanks. No, that was cool. So... When I met you, I felt a little bit of a connection, and you were I was vibing with your pants. You were wearing, I was wearing those pants today, actually. Oh, yeah, the old navy plaid pants. Plaid pants. Get them. <laughs> so they make you look dressed up, and you don't really have to be They're dressed up. They're stretchy pants. So comfortable. You could throw on a Converse sneaker. So anyway, I just really, I could tell there was something about you. They say you just know. They just know. Now we're kindred spirits. Exactly. So then we started our relationship through what is it, DM, Instagram? I think we slid into each other's DMs. I don't know what this stuff means, so I'll try to act cool and pretend (laughs) I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that thing, PM, DM, IM, I wanna say IM because- Yeah, because AIM. Yes. I was just thinking about that on the way over here, the screen names that we had. Yeah, I think mine was like SS Durango Girl, because I was like, I'm gonna buy one of those trucks one day. Mine was Shorty. I think it was Shorty 8167. Oh my God, (laughs) that's so funny how we remember it. Did you stay awake till like two, three o'clock in the morning every night, like banging on the keys? Like, No, you wanna laugh. We actually didn't even have a computer in the house. And my, my dad did, but my parents were split and he lived upstate. So whenever we'd go up there for the summers, my brother and I would fight over it like ferociously and it was like his day or my day and then someone would pick up the phone and yell at us to get off oh because you needed God. the phone line. Now I have to dial back in. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that was awful. So that's how we met and I, I told you that I thought you looked familiar and I thought that maybe we might have worked together and I asked you, come in full circle, if you had ever worked for a chimney company. And right. the reason I asked you that was because when I was 16, I sold chimney sweeps. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I could run through some of those cold calls with you. You would like fall to, like, off think, your chair. Like, how do you sell a chimney sweep? Are you going to sell me one? Can sure. you sell me one? I you want, want to... me to? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I have you here. All right. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello. Hi, good afternoon. Is is this Miss St. John? It sure is. Oh, great. I'm so glad I caught you. This is Jamie with Advanced Chimney, the chimney cleaners. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm just fantastic. I wanted to let you know that we were actually going to be servicing your neighbors this week on your street. It's it's uh, Smith Street, right? Sure is. All right, great. So we're going to be over there. And since we are, instead of the average cleaning price that we had last summer, we're giving you a special for $29.95. We can do the whole chimney service. It's the annual sweep. Covers you from the the oil furnace out the chimney, the flue pipe. Sh- Go ahead, tell me you don't have a chimney. You don't actually know. I'm I'm like ready to like give you the job. You don't you, have a fireplace. Just tell me you don't have one. I don't have a fireplace, and you want to know what? I don't even know if I have a burner in this house. Oh, trust me, ma'am. Everybody has a flue pipe, and it's very dangerous. If you don't have that thing swept out with a wire brush, we start on the roof of the house, we sweep it out and clean it from top to bottom. Make sure you and your family are safe from those dangerous puffbacks. We don't want that. I know you think that you don't have a chimney, but maybe if Mr. St. John is home, I could ask him about it. I'm sure he'll remember that we were there last year. Uh, Mr. St. John's not coming back anytime soon. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, anyway, we'll be there probably between 12 and 1, but if that doesn't work for you, they could come after lunch. Does morning or afternoon work better for you? You want to know what? The morning works fine for me. Okay, so about 11 a.m., that should be okay? Good for me. Great. The men will text or confirm with you via phone on their way over, and we'll see you then. Thank you so much. So, you want to wait before you hang up? Can I just have my manager confirm this? (laughs) 
You know the one is the I swear, I hope Charles is gonna watch this because we so I'm I'm building a company with Charles Weinrap. Okay? Tell me about that because Shh. I have a Charles Weinrap story too. Oh, we're gonna talk about CW. Talk about it. C Dubs and I, okay, we're we're building a, a cold calling team. Mm. The biggest topic of conversation is what the f are you supposed to say in the script that you're going to be able to say fluidly without fumbling or having to practice it six thousand times? And what should the goddamn answering machine sound like? Because you know maybe you are or are not getting callbacks, and it's amazing because you know we're building something new, so we're trying to like come up with new ideas. But if you asked me like, tell me what you used to say to debtors, like when you were on the bill collections floor, I could do the same thing. Like I could spit it out and I could say it like I've been doing it yesterday. Just like riding a bike, isn't that scary? It, it's so scary. Like, I tripped I, up a little bit on some of the words, but they came right back. Yeah, like you, you stuck to the plan. You know what I mean? And you, you had it. You had a plan going into it. Like, whether you know the script or not, like, it's targeted. It has an agenda. Do you cold call now? No. Do you want to? Yes. Why don't you? Why don't I? It's a time factor. Okay. I've convinced myself I don't have the time for it because I'm constantly running. You've seen what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, you're so busy. I keep it posted on Instagram just because, you know, I think it's fun to document my day. And I also kind of like to look at it at the end of the day to see my progress. It's like a sense of pride I have. Like, I can't believe I did all of that in one day. And I kept two small people alive and three pets and a foster pet. So I want to give you something that has nothing to do with all of this orange merch. Really? You're the, well, C-Dub's got the first one, I have to admit, but you are outside of CW going to get the very first thing that I want you to use to motivate you to make cold calls. And I want you to open it right now. I have a feeling that once you open it, you're going to be like, oh my God. Oh my God. What do we have here? It's an awesome mirror, and it's in a little picture frame, and it says smile and dial. Can you show it to the camera? Oh, properties, Stacey St. John. So, like, this whole idea is that... That's awesome. And I teach this to everybody. If it doesn't stand up perfect, we'll get you a different one. No, it doesn't matter. What I teach people is, like, you know, so, like, making cold calls in general. Like, I've been doing it for 20 years. It's very intimidating still. I, I don't love the rejection, but you know, it's part of it. Like you have to deal with it. And the whole idea is that like, if you cheese at yourself the whole time, <laughs> like how could you sound not friendly? Like you must sound like the most friendly person in the whole fucking world smiling. I think I need one of those like on a watch, on a wristband, the mirror, <laughs> just so I can like feel cheery throughout the day. That, yeah. That's genius. Yeah. And that's you, really clever. You cheese at yourself. Like, how could you take yourself seriously or be intimidated, like, while you smile at Did yourself? Did you make this? No, the, actually, the gentleman that was in the parking lot that delivered oh, all this merch. You have skills. No, uh, someone, uh, someone made those for me. And, you know, like, I think that cold calling is very different than, like, interacting with people in person. I always tell people that, like, while for every 10 successful phone calls that I might have, I... I probably only had one successful in-person homeowner interaction, so I have, like, a different problem. I, I feel intimidated in person. How do you deal with that, with, like, trying to deal with homeowners and convince them that, like, you're capable and stuff like that? I feel like it used to be a lot easier. People would sign on the spot all the mm. time. And the other thing that kind of trips me up, when I worked for the attorneys, they already trusted us. They mm. came in with a pen in their hand. 
Sure. The most dangerous thing you can touch in a meeting is a pen. Yeah. So when I worked for the attorneys, all I had to do was start shoving papers across the desk and people would sign them. And the first time a homeowner told me they had to think about it, I just left the folder there with all of the paperwork. And I said, all right, I'll leave this with you. You'll let me know when you're ready and I could either pick it up or you can drop it in the mail. And that is the hardest part is just not putting pressure on people sure. because that's what people will resist. If you're pushy, they're not going to sign. So my worst, what's the word? Like, you know, when you go on a job interview and they're like, tell me all of your skills and then what is one of your negative attributes? Mine is follow-up. I have the okay. worst follow-up game because I do not like to push people and I feel that I make such a good impression on the first impression, I shouldn't have to call them back. However, just this month, I lost about four deals, listings, oh. because I didn't follow up. And then I called or texted and said, hey, you know, how you're doing? Did you find something? Are you still looking? Is the search still on hold? And they said, oh, no, we found something. So they found something means they sold their house too. Sure. So that was that. And then there was another woman who is now in contract, having a horrible experience. The people can't get a mortgage. It's contingent, X, Y, Z. And the listing expires at the end of the month. So I, I'm kind of bound by ethical rules not to talk to her. But it was sure. an accident getting the lady on the phone. But finding out she listed already, she said to me, wow, it's really funny you called it. I said, why is that? What's so funny about it? And she said, she told me the whole tale of woe. And then she also said, I've been thinking about you. And I said, do you remember me? We talked outside. I think it was by a pool in someone's backyard at an open house. She said, oh, was that by the lake house? I said, yeah, I think that's the one. She said, I've been thinking about you, and I really liked you, and I really liked the way we got along, but I lost your card. Oh, and you were probably like, damn, why didn't I call her sooner? Exactly. And and then I had another experience similar with uh, another client who the neighbor introduced to somebody else from a different brokerage, and she ends up saying, oh, she was so sweet, I just signed with her. So I'm learning, unfortunately, that I'm going to have to get a little more annoying, and so, I hate that. Right, but what if the term was, instead of annoying, it was lovably annoying? A friend spun it also the other day and said, you're not, you're not being annoying, you know, you're being helpful and you're just following up. You're following up to see how they're doing. You're following up to see how the graduation party went. You're following right. up to see if the kids moved out yet. So it's just all a matter of perception and learning your strengths and weaknesses. And that's what I've been able to kind of hone in on. I hate being on camera, but hey, here I am. I'm doing it. I didn't even have an Instagram page until last year, but... It's stepping over now. those hurdles. You know what's so interesting is how many people have popped out of COVID. I I mean, Olex Properties wasn't a thing before COVID. You know, I was working at another wholesaler's place and I didn't like really get fired, but it was like I, I had overstayed my welcome. I had been there almost 10 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it was it was time for me to move on anyway, but what sent me home was COVID. And then we went our separate ways. So in like March of 2020, like I, I was already wholesaling like a little bit on my own, but like kind of just as like a side hustle. Right. And then I went home and like, well, shit, like. <laughs> now what? I guess I should virtually wholesale more. Maybe I'll buy that red house down the block too. Like, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then when I bought the house, and I didn't know what I was doing like immediately. I was like, shit, like where do, you, <laughs> where do you buy windows? Like I didn't even know like where to start. 
I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna make an Instagram. I'll I'll make a Facebook. I'm gonna show everybody all the stupid mistakes I make. Right. And um, I think so that be- funny. That's exactly what I did because I had a couple of listings when COVID first hit, and I had to figure out how to sell them without leaving the house. Right. And so I started with the virtual tours. I did a virtual open house as soon as we were allowed to. And then all these other agents were popping on to my open house to see what I was doing. And they were like, do you mind if I just sit in? I kind of want to, I'm like, look, I respect that. There's no problem. But just FYI, I have no idea what I'm doing either. But you're welcome to sit here and make it look like a full open house. So there was like seven people on the Zoom call and like only one was a buyer. But I did it. But that's all that matters is that one, right? You know, like, um, it's the same thing with cold calling. We were just saying to the callers this week, they were like, I'm getting rejected so much. I'm talking to 30, 40 people, but there's only one that pops out of it. Like, but because that's what it's it all is. It takes. Like, you have to have 39 fuck yous before you get to the one yes. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or like the chimney sweep people, and I'd say, Of course you do. You have heat in the house, right? And you go, It's electric. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, well like, I learned I got, my lesson. I got that one guy. Like, who the hell still has electric heat in their house, though? Their bill must be huge. I don't know. They seem to like it. They get on these budgeted plans with Lipa. Lipa. Yeah, Where are we? Yeah, Where are we? Lipa. I'm really dating myself. Are we the same age, you think? Mm, probably. I'm th- I'm, you don't, I won't say numbers if you don't want me to. I don't really mind yeah. anymore. I'm 38. I'm close. Okay. You got three years on me. Okay. All right. I don't care anymore about the age thing. I cared more at my 30th birthday than I care now. No, I don't really care about age. I just think people tend to not respect other people. Yes. If there's any kind of anything that can be used to prejudice them. Age. Yeah. Gender. It's all the same stuff. So being a mother, too, I think is discriminatory as well sometimes because I I think people sometimes are like, don't you have a kid to put a diaper on or something? How are you selling real estate? And I'm like, well, let me tell you, I'm wearing the kid as a backpack while I'm Mm -hmm. signing deals and you're like making fun of me. Like, I think it's like almost like a challenge. Like you have to prove to people that you could still do shit and have kids (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) Oh, trust me, I do shit with the kid in the same room while she's screaming that she has to shit and I'm on the phone (laughs) with a business call. That's the exact phraseology because nobody can completely understand what it's like if they don't multitask. And like I said, it's multitasking is that meme that I posted recently on Facebook, and it's a guy walking out to his car, holding a hose with a sprinkler, watering his flowers with a cup of coffee, a briefcase, and like five other things in his hands, and it's like me trying to get my life together. That's a realtor. It is, it's true, especially like when you throw kids in there, because I've definitely had that experience where like I've been on the phone with a homeowner, not even like an investor or like a peer that would understand like a homeowner. And you hear my four-year-old like, can somebody please wipe my butt? Like screaming in the background and I'm, I have to make, you know, like I'll make a joke about how hard it is to work with a four-year-old, but it's like, it's not super funny for me. You know what my kid likes to say? She'll say, I'm pooping. Yeah, great. Two thumbs up, kid. Yeah. Thanks for letting everyone know. It's terrific. And the mute button doesn't work quick enough because your hands are full. Yeah. Most likely with poop. With poop. Yeah. And God, you know what? This is why... Women are underutilized because I will say that I think moms are the best multitaskers out of everybody. 
we're the most successful people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We need more ladies in real estate. I always like try to like, like, how do I, and you want to know what? I hope this episode is part of that function. Like, how do you inspire younger girls to like want to be in real estate? Like, let me give you a really good example. I don't know if you've heard me speak about it before, but I work with a little bit with the Lehman School in Manhattan. They have the only high school real estate club on the whole Eastern Seaboard. It's a club of only girls and they learn about real estate. They invited me to speak. I was like so honored, but room of 16 year old eyeballs looking at you all like with hope <laughs> and like, what are you gonna say? And oh my God, like, you know. They and you, still have their innocence intact. Yeah. They haven't been hung up on or told to go F themselves. Totally, but like I shattered their lives during this, this speech because during my, my talking to them, they're in a real estate club. They realized they don't know what a title report is. No one had told them what a mortgage was. Boy. No one had told them how much property taxes go for in this state. No one told them about what a pre-approval is. Like they're in a fucking real estate club. And these girls, like they looked at me like, man, like the, the person who runs our club is like a man, like no offense to like men. I don't want to like say anything, but nobody's taught us any of these things. They kind of just like teach us about like pretty tile colors and what types of flooring are available and styles and layouts of kitchens. Like you're in a design class then. Yeah, there's so much more. There's so, so much, much more. more. And um, I hope that there's a bunch of those girls watching this episode seeing that like they could have kids, they can get divorced, get married, get back together, do the do si -do, and like still be successful. And with that said, when I had Jalen, since we've already dropped the age bomb and everybody's probably using their calculator to figure <laughs> out how it's been that many years, Jalen is approaching 15. I God had bless. her when I was 19 and I was a single mom and I still am. I had another baby three years ago, almost four years in October. Relationship didn't work out, but I'm a single mom. So if there's anybody out there who needs to hear this, who needs that little shove, that little push, that little kick, whatever it takes. It took me 11 years before I was willing to jump into real estate full time. I was afraid that I could not afford life working on commission. And the first year, I might have sold one house and that was great. It was nice. It, it did what it needed to do. The second year, I think I sold four or five. The third year, I think I sold seven something like that and then it just started snowballing and it was 10 and then you know the numbers just kept going up and this year i think within the first quarter of 2021 i got to have pancakes with the big boys as i like to call it it's a big meeting for all of the top producers at realty connect I sat with kevin and a bunch of other people from the company and um, it was like that moment that I had been working for my whole life. And I believe by like the end of the first quarter, I had like 17 deals. Wow. So anybody out there that thinks they can't do it or thinks they're not good enough or thinks it's too hard, what am I going to do with my kids? You know what? All of a sudden, I don't want to use spiritual terms, but doors open. When one door closes, another door opens. But you know what? Those long hallways really suck. And that's the hard part is not giving up when you're getting hung up on, not giving up when buyers back out. It's not all, you know, roses when you're out there. It's not like unicorns and rainbows and butterflies. Things fall apart. 
And yeah. in this market, it's it's such a tough market. So if you can succeed in this market, you can succeed in any market. This is the hardest market I've ever worked in. It's I've so never, much fun, though. I'll say this. My life as a wholesaler, I've been very spoiled. I don't have the same struggles as someone who handles retail. Um, I I won't say what I feel like the upsides are because I think I'm going to like insult some buyers in my list. But um, I think that I've been very spoiled to have like what I what I'm going to perceive as whatever happens on the MLS price wise was not really affecting me until like 10 months ago. Wow. My off market prices were pretty par for the course based on renovation, based on cost of lumber, not really like based on what retail prices were going on. And now post COVID, I feel like we're all in the same boat. Every wholesaler I know is like, I literally can't sell things unless I put it in contract for top dollar and then put it on the market. Mm. You know, which is why I partnered with Josh Handler because shout out to Josh Handler who just switched to Keller Williams. Um, because I, I felt like, how am I going to unload contracts by myself at these prices? Like, right. like this market is great, you know, don't get me wrong, but I kind of miss like getting houses for $150,000 in East New York and flipping it for four fifty. Like I miss those days. Oh yeah, we all do. <laughs> Listen, I bought my home at just the right time and the value has increased tremendously but i also gutted it and renovated it had no idea what i was doing sure never had done that before so i can totally identify with your red house stories because i had no idea what i was doing and i hired one contractor to do everything and Mm. certain things didn't come out so great and you learn you live and you learn but like we talked about the experience was was worth it because now i can help to advise my clients on what the do's and don'ts are with the reno so i think again all of the experiences we have in our life are put at the right timing where they're meant to be for us to improve. Sure. It's it's like a, um, I, I can't think of the words that I want to say, but it's about the journey. It's it not is. so much about the outcome. And as long as you're not attached to what the outcome is going to be and you have no expectations, things generally turn out better than we think. The uh, expectations are the hard part. I'm that type of person that when I go to the dentist, I have the expectation that I'm going to have an apicoectomy and a root canal and I'm going to lose my teeth. But when I leave that office, they tell me, no, you just have sensitive teeth. Try Sensodyne. There's nothing wrong with you. Right. Like, and you get like grounded and you realize everything's okay. You right. know? But that's how it is when you jump into the real estate world, especially that first year. And many people have a part-time job. This is, you know, it's, it's very scary for a lot of people. So I want to go to my Instagram story for a second because some people had some questions for you. Uh Uh-oh. People had some questions for you. This makes me nervous. They're going to want to know, like, what are you wearing? So actually, (laughs) actually, (laughs) Melissa, I, God forgive me, I don't know how to say her last name, the data girl, the girl with all the the real estate data on her Facebook, Melissa Malusena. God forgive me, Melissa, you know that I like you and I'm sorry, but she was the first one to respond to the post and she said, I want to know where Jamie J shops because she's trendy as fuck. Really? Yes. I would never think that. Thank you for saying so because that's one of my um, best kept secret. Jamie J doesn't know how to dress and when I am dressed nicely, it's because my boyfriend picked out my clothes. Oh, shout out to the boy toy. Or my daughter. Okay. One One of the two. So... He likes to shop at Express, so okay. it's probably from Express. Okay. Or if it's one of my suits, I get most of my suits at Macy's. Yeah, you dress good. 
Thank you. You definitely dress good. I, I know you're self-conscious about it sometimes, but you dress good. I generally like to wear sneakers or flip-flops and a t-shirt that says something really cheesy about real estate or like the t-shirt you have right there. I'll probably rock that until it has holes in it. I can't wait to give this to you. Converse sneakers and t-shirts and a blazer over the t-shirt. That's my favorite jam. You literally, because I know you love t-shirts from like other people's businesses mm -hmm. just like I do. This, I don't even have the first one. This is the first one. <gasps> this oh is my, the, I am so honored. The first this is like size really small, the first any size that anybody got shout out to it's kevin and james who actually bought me that logo should i put it on right now you can if you want and shout out to anthony at dlc artistic studio for making that t-shirt like flawless and picking out the best neon y'all can't miss me orange possible this uh, is hot i'm so happy to give that should to i you. bring it with me when i leave the country yeah <laughs> They're gonna all ask me what this means, but they'll be asking me in a foreign language, which makes things even funner. Yeah, man. I uh, and the other question from Nosy Kevin. We're huh? just gonna call Kevin Nosy for a second. He wants to know number-wise, okay. not places. Number-wise, how many tattoos do you have? How many tattoos? Well, I've been asked that question before, and I cannot answer it but I can tell you how many hours. Okay, no, that's that's much easier to understand. I would say the last time I calculated it, it was about 72 hours. However, I just added a piece of real estate. I had one vacant piece of real estate on the back of my leg, and what I put there was actually a house. Really? So I did, I Is it finally red? did. No, it's black, black and gray. And that was three sessions of between six and eight hours each. So I would say somewhere between 72 plus 18. Wow, the back of the leg is like that sensitive skin too. Like You no would think I knew how to do math. <laughs> I can, when people ask me 90 like, hours, and that doesn't include things that I've gone over. I've had different things change the color. Sure. I have one on my back that I redid and vamped it up. So approximately 90 hours. But when you look at me, you would never ever know it. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I don't always cover my tattoos, but I definitely think that you this have to sometimes. Wow. Can you shout out your tattoo artist? Who did that? Oh. Or you don't want to share. You well, don't have to share. My tattoo artist who did this is Paul Tatchluck from the Abyss in that Long Beach. Sick. And I don't know if anybody has heard, but his tattoo shop recently burned down. So <gasps> they're in the process of relocating and getting a new shop in Long Beach. No, we need to send them business. There's probably a GoFundMe out there. Yo, if you, that is sick. Yeah, a... go ahead and show. If you have, if you know the Abyss in Long Beach, if you have anything that you like to, to do this. Yeah, no, don't even stress it. We're gonna, we're gonna shout out the Abyss on my Instagram story and we're gonna find if there's a GoFundMe. Um, you know, I have a friend who just opened a tattoo shop. It is not an easy business. Like every township gives them a super hard time to like even exist. He's like the first one in Long Beach. And yeah. unfortunately there was a fire at a restaurant next door and yeah, not cool. So we're gonna wrap it up. So we're gonna talk about high points, low points advice why don't you i'm gonna ask you a series of questions you're gonna give me your first quickest and most honest answer short answers or long because i talk a lot Not i want like you to be yourself i want right. you to be yourself what is something about you real estate wise that you think you can approve other than follow-ups because you mentioned that already the follow-up game i yeah. can't even think of another one that is my major downfall 
So, and I'm building a CRM. So nice. keep a lookout for those emails. Those should come out shortly. The CRM is key. I, like I literally, if I don't put it into the CRM, it might as well not exist to me because I forget. Exactly. Yeah. This- All of my, I have phone numbers and notes from every single person I've ever talked to and I've saved every business card from everyone I've ever met on paper. So wow. I have this big pile in the back of my car right now in one of those shopping bags <laughs> and I started entering them the other day. So that's going to be in the works. What do you think your strongest point is real estate wise? I'm fearless. Yeah, you are. And I love a challenge. Yeah. You're not afraid of anybody. I can't remember what words you used. Which, actually, what you said when you were a guest on the Real Estate and Chill podcast is what made me want you to have want me to have you on here. I forget what you said something about like like you're coming to Long Island, you better stay on your side. Like, and you were so to Matt, you were so like you can stay where you are. Like, and you were you didn't miss a beat. And I just thought, man, like this girl must be sick in a negotiation. Like, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of you. <laughs> I can't even talk about negotiations on the air. Because yeah, of course not. The things that have gone on recently are still not closed so you and i will chat about that after yeah no of course i just like want to like give props where props are due like i'm i don't want to say i'm a fan of you but like i'm super happy to know you now and i'm super excited to get to know more of you so when are we going to cold call together because that's what i've been admiring about you i feel like i'm the fan girl and i watch all your posts about the smile and dial and i'm like oh my god i need to aspire to greatness i need to be (gasps) on the phone even if it's for an hour or two hours like i just need to do it we should do a cold call a thon we really should do it i would love to i always kind of envision like me versus realtors like in a pit who's gonna get the quickest deal like i was joking in my office the other day and i was explaining to another agent that there is a way to get expireds for free yeah. off of public record sure. and he was like well how and how do you get the phone number i was like oh, watch this <laughs> so i pulled it up i handed it to him i printed it out i said call he goes all right i'll call them later i said no you're gonna call right now yeah like yesterday and he goes all right i guess i'll call so he called and they didn't pick up and i was i was upset and i said i'm gonna call them back and i called back and then i left a message and they called back like two seconds later and I picked up the phone and it was the smoothest, best cold call in my entire life. The guy told me about a bad experience they had. He couldn't wait to meet me. He invited me over. I asked him what kind of bagels they liked. I would be there in a heartbeat. And it was just a, like a teaching tool. I was doing it because I liked the challenge and he told me I couldn't do it. He was like, you cannot, you can't get expires. I was like, watch this. And so- then I took him with me. We went on the listing appointment, and if they they decide they're ready to sell, then I will give him half of that listing. Isn't there something about giving people food, though, when you don't know them, and you're like, put this delicious thing in your stomach, and they look at you while they put the delicious thing in the stomach, <laughs> and they're like, just, just like putty in your hand. It's because we're moms. It's just a thing. We're like really um, nurturing. I think I'm like a worry, like I could worry someone to death, like or smother them to death. I don't know if I'm nurturing. I'm like more smothery. It's maybe a little yentering. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm like very like, I can see myself already. Like he's good. My Oliver's gonna be 17. He's gonna come home late, right? He's gonna walk in the door. I'm gonna be like, where were you? I had you dead in the side of the and street. Did you want some ziti? <laughs> are you hungry? Eat a matzo ball. Like, <laughs> listen, I I wish that like we weren't out of time. I'm having such a good time with you, but you have to go somewhere. You're uh, like, 
Yeah, I think I'm supposed to pack. <laughs> yeah, like you need to like actually get on a plane, right? Like yeah. you're going on a trip. I should probably like stop at Walgreens or CVS too. Shout out to CVS that's open 24 hours. Yeah, like shout out to you for coming here when you're so busy. Like, There's I, nowhere else I would rather be. Yeah, like. Suit up and show up. I am that guy who will drive an hour to do a podcast the day before I'm leaving the country because I am so honored that you even asked me. I've been really looking forward to getting to know you, and I don't want this to end either, but... I know. We have to go take you pictures, though. Okay, we'll All do right, that. We're going to do that. And I'll put the shirt on. Yeah! Maybe, maybe I'll show you my tattoos. Ah! Oh, my God. You guys, you guys don't get that. That's for me. So, listen, I... I don't know how to thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. We're going to do other stuff. And, like, you're going to do a YouTube thing, too. I'm going to get you to. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll do another episode to talk about my property management business. Yeah. But it's not a conflict. It's not a conflict. <laughs> it is super not a conflict. I feel like the blonde and the brunette should have a show now. Like, mm. I'm, like, super all about it. Listen, Shout out HGTV. Hey. So, listen, thank you so much for coming. Tell everybody where to reach you if they want to buy a house or sell a house. Oh, this is a tough one. You might have to just put the little sticker thing on, on the podcast because I can give you my phone number. I'll give you my digits. It's Homes by Jamie J. Jamie Weinberg. I am an associate broker at Realty Connect. You can reach me on my cell, 631-605-9552. My um, Instagram is at Homes by Jamie J. And I believe there are underscores between the words. And Facebook is private. That's only for Stacy. Only for me and family and friends. I have a Homes by Jamie J. You can search. I'm <laughs> on there. So I'll post Jamie's Instagram also in my story. Don't forget, if you need a podcast studio, you hit up the man, Rob Martin. And do not forget, I love houses that are actively on fire. Give me a call. I want to buy them all. I want all the red cards. 516-526-0881. We are out. Thank you. Peace. We're out of here. <laughs>